Good morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life. It's a great uh, joy for me to be able to welcome all of you here today. If this is your first time here, we're so glad that you're here with us. If uh, this is your second or third time here or you've been here since the beginning, we're glad that you're with us as well. I want to take a moment and welcome all of you watching online as well. We're glad to have you as part of our church family today. Thanks for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, we're just so excited to be here um, in this Christmas season. We're in part three of a four-part series called Mary and Bright. And what we're doing through this series is we're looking at light and its effect uh, on us spiritually um, and what that meant as in, in regards to what the, the way that Jesus used it and the, and the way that he instructed. And so what we've done is we looked at a passage in Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we've been studying that each and every week and going a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, and we're going to keep going um, today. But, you know, there's something unique about light. I, I like light. I think that light's a great thing. In fact, I think it's a universal truth that nobody likes complete darkness. Unless you're sleeping, complete darkness is not a good thing. And to give you an example, when I come into this room on Saturday afternoons, this room is completely dark, completely dark. You can see there are no windows in here. There's nothing that would let light in, and so um, there's th this room is just black. And so every time I open that door, I'm always a little bit fearful uh, for three things. Number one, <clears throat> I always wonder, am I going to fall into a hole? Okay? And you might think this is irrational, but i got to let you know, when we built the balcony, and those of you watching online, you can't see this, but there's a balcony in here. When we built this balcony, there were literally holes that were eight feet deep into the ground. And uh, so, so that's not completely irrational. I still think about it. Might be. Um, but number two, I'm afraid, you know, what am I going to hit my shin on uh, as I come into this dark room? And then number three, is Pastor Barry going to run out and jump and scare me? Um, <laughs> I, those are the things that I think about when I come into this dark room. And I'm sure that many of you, if you go into a dark room, you're probably wondering um, different things. But the reality is we cannot operate in complete darkness. We need light. We were designed for light. And we were created to thrive in light physically. But the amazing thing is, is that Jesus said that the same is true spiritually for us. 
that we need light to thrive spiritually. And that's what we are talking about throughout this series. And many of you already know that. Many of you have believed in Jesus. You've received the light of, of, of him into your life. And as a result, you're seeking to shine that light wherever um, you go. And as by, by way of reminder, last week, Pastor Chris did such an incredible job and gave us such an incredible image of what it means to share the light. We turned all the lights off in this room. And thank goodness none of you knew that you could scare me quite as easily as you did, uh, as you could. Um, but we turned all the lights out in here and he had a headlamp on and he turned that headlamp on. And when he did that, all of us immediately had to focus on that light because it was the only thing that we could see in this room. And many of you, if you looked right at that light, you couldn't see for the rest of the day. I mean, that was a really bright headlamp, and I, I want to know where he got that because I need one of those. Um, but, but he turned it on, and, and then we could see around in the room. But then he did something that Jesus told us not to do, and that is, by way of demonstration, he turned the light off and put it under his hat as a way of saying, listen, Jesus said, do not uh, light up a light, or who would light up a light and then put it under a, a basket or a bushel? Who would do that? Nobody. And what we learned is that when you do that, we're being useless lights because light can't do what it was designed to do if it's, if it's hidden. And so what Pastor Chris did is he went over here to this light truss over here and he put the light up and he said that if we want to be a, a, a good light to the world, we need to be in the best spot so that we can shine as brightly as possible and so we could see across the room. And that's a good reminder for those of us who are followers of Jesus in here today that we don't want to be useless lights. We don't want to be light, light uh, of Jesus in the world and hoarding the light and, and, and keeping it for ourselves or only keeping it for our families. We want to be shining it out and placed in the best spot in the, in the world so that we can shine the very best that we can. But I think that a lot of us, we, we have a, a little bit of a problem when it comes to shining like the light. And I think the problem lies in we don't exactly know how to do that. Or at least maybe we don't know how to do it well. And, and because we don't know how to do it well, we, we turn afraid or we get scared. And, and, and so we don't know, and then we just kind of hide our lights because we're not exactly sure what to do. Because we think that shining the light of Jesus depends on us. In reality, the light that we have inside of us is just merely a reflection of the light that our Father has given to us through Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. And then he said, when you believe in me, I give you my light. And then in Matthew chapter 5, which we're about to look at, he says, you are the light of the world. And he's telling us to shine that light out. But as, as a way of shining, we are just merely reflecting. And that's our take-home point for today, that, that our light, the light that we have inside of us, is a reflection of our Father's light. Our light is a reflection of our Father's light. So we don't need to be scared when we're trying to shine the light of Jesus because we're not shining our own light. We're shining the light of God. And that's what Jesus made so clear in Matthew chapter 5. Look what he said. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So the light that we reflect points back to Jesus, and Jesus then points back to his heavenly Father. And so when it comes to shining our light, we just need to learn how to shine the light of Jesus by yielding inside and letting his light shine through. And my goal today is for us to learn four specific ways that we can do that, four characteristics of light that we can shine out 
in all of our relationships, wherever we live, work, or play. And I hope that this message will be helpful to all of us so that we can seek to do that, especially during this time of year. So it's interesting that Jesus used the word light as an image here for the, the, the life and relationship and truth of, of him and his heavenly father being shared in the world. And I think it's such an important thing that we understand that there are four, at least four characteristics of light. There are a lot more, but at least four that I think Jesus used um, to reflect and used in the term of light. And the first is this, that light provides warmth when we're cold. Light provides warmth when we're cold. Number two, light provides security when we're afraid. Number three, light provides guidance when we don't know where to go. And think about that. If you're driving down the road, you don't have headlights on your car, there's a good chance you're going off the road, right, if it's nighttime, okay? And number four, light is actually a key to life. And so what we're going to do is we're going to break that out a little bit, and we're going to see what Jesus had to say about each one of those specific things as we look at these four characteristics of light. So let's look at number one. Light provides warmth when we're cold. There is nothing that warms a cold heart more than love. And Jesus said that God loves us so much that he sent Jesus, he sent Jesus into the world, that God sent Jesus into the world because God loved him. Look, this is the most powerful verse shared all over the world. Here it is, John 3, 16. This is what Jesus said. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And you know, as followers of Jesus, if you've been following Jesus for a while, we get excited about believing in faith and we get excited about eternal life. But I think a lot of times we overlook the very first part of this, which is the motivation that God had. Now, why did he send Jesus into the world? Because it says, Jesus said right here, because God loved us. Now that kind of love breaks down some serious barriers because it's unconditional. There's nothing that we could do that would earn God's love. God just gives it freely to us because he loves us so much that he gave us the incredible gift of his son. And he actually does this out of himself. The apostle John said in 1 John, beginning in chapter 4, verse 8, For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that, we are lo- not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So John's pointing out what Jesus said, and he's just bringing a little bit more clarity to it, that God, motivated by love, sent his son into the world to do something for us that we could not do. And that is that Jesus lived this life that we can't live. He met the standard of God, which was perfection in every way. He never sinned once. And Jesus lived the life you and I couldn't live. And then he did something very powerful. He went to the cross, and on the cross, he died in our place. He died a death that you and I should have died for our sins. So he lived a life we couldn't live. Then he died a death that we should have died. He was buried. Three days later, God raised him back to life again. And in that moment, he overcame sin and death forever. So that when we believe in him, then we can receive from him eternal life. But even more than that, we can receive this promise of him being with us here and now and forever. So we get this incredible benefit of eternal life, but we also have a God who is in relationship with us now and wants to be in relationship with us now. Because why? Because God loved us so much. He sent his son Jesus to live a life we couldn't live, die a death we should have died, and was raised back to life again 
offering us a brand new life in him. And when we experience that kind of love in our lives, something deep within us stirs up because we realize that's not really worldly love at all. That's only the kind of love that comes from God. Now, once we've received that love, we can share his love with those around us by welcoming people in his name and loving them out of the overflow of that relationship. In fact, Jesus gave us a commandment. He said this, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. So if you're a follower of Jesus in here, our ears should perk up a little bit, our eyes should widen just a touch, and we should pay very close attention to this. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. Now, I think it's interesting here that Jesus said, hey, listen, it's not going to be the knowledge that you have about me. It's not going to be the knowledge that you have about God. It's not going to be the things even that you do. It's not going to be the things that you don't do that prove to the world that you're my disciples. No, no, no. It's going to be the love that you have for each other. You see, when we believe in Jesus, we receive, the Apostle John said in John chapter 1, verse 12, we receive the right to become children of God, which means we become a family. And as part of that family, then, we love each other. Even when people are mean to us within the family, which sadly happens. But we still need to love each other because when we love each other, it is the best testimony to the world that we belong to a God who is himself love. So the light that we have in Jesus warms our hearts and can warm the hearts of those with whom we live, work, and play. So that's the first characteristic of light. The second characteristic of light is light provides security when we're afraid. Light provides security when we're afraid. My wife and I have four beautiful children, ages seven to two. And uh, they, they, they're so exciting. And there's, you know, you can kind of picture my house right now. This time of year, it's a little like, it's like a beehive, you know, <laughs> just getting ready, ready for Christmas. Um, and so my wife and I decided that we were going to adopt a little puppy to add to the chaos. Um, so we'll talk about the wisdom of that decision in a different series. But, um, but part of, of adopting this little puppy was to help our kiddos experience the love of having a pet and taking care of a pet. And interestingly, it seems like I'm the one who's the primarily responsible for making sure that pet goes outside to go to the bathroom. And, um, and so I take this responsibility to make sure that, that we're house training him. And, and as I'm going outside each and every night, you know, here in Western PA, it gets dark around 5 and then like 4.30 and it, this time of year. And it's, it's a little bit awkward. You go outside, it's completely dark where I live. And uh, we do have lights on our house. Somebody said earlier, why don't you have lights on your house? We do, okay? But it's, it's just dark where we live. You, you got to be there, all right? So just picture it. It's dark, and I, I'll take this dog out. And the first thing that goes through my mind, it could be 5 o'clock, it could be 10 o'clock. First thing that goes through my mind is I'm going to get eaten by a bear. I, you know, I mean, and, and here's why, okay? Just so you understand, a bear has come to our house and eaten our garbage five times. And one of those times he tried to come up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I ran outside clapping my hands at the bear. And I was yelling, get away, get away, get away. And then I turned around and ran inside because I realized he might eat me. So, <laughs> so I was like, that was kind of a dumb choice. But, um, but he, he ran away. And, uh, but it, so you understand that. When I go outside, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I might die. And, uh, and, and so I take the dog out. And then I realized after a couple of times of this, you know what? If I had a flashlight, this could ease a lot of my fear. And so I grabbed my big flashlight, and I went outside, and I knew that if I shine it into the woods while the, the dog's um, doing his business, that if I see eyes, I'll at least have time to run, okay? 
And, uh, and, and he's got a farther distance. I know he could outrun me, but I, I can get right to the door, you know, and just yell for the dog. And uh, best of luck, you know. Um, but, uh, but, but I thought, I was like, you know, I need that light. And, and what that light did is it provided security for me. It provided security for me, and that's what light does. Light provides security because it can show us some dangers that maybe lurk in the darkness. And what Jesus said is that his teaching is that security light for us. Look what he said in John chapter 16. I have told you all this. That is everything that he's taught all of these people. He's taught them don't lust, don't murder, don't judge other people, don't gossip. He's talked about all of these things. He says, I've told you all this so you may have peace in me. So he's saying, listen, I know that you're a human being and I know that you want peace deep down inside of you. Here's how you have it. Follow my instruction. Then he says, here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows. Jesus says, hey, listen, you're going to have problems here. Because you live in a sin-broken world, you're going to have sin-broken problems. But then he says this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. When we receive Jesus' teaching into our lives, we receive a powerful security light. Because when we go into the darkness, we can then shine the light of Jesus around and we can see clear and present dangers and we can therefore avoid them. But I think what's even more incredible about that is that we have a Savior who has all authority in heaven and on earth. And so in that authority, he can provide that security, that protection for us that we need. And, and when we lean into him, when we rely on him, he will do those things for us because he has overcome the world. And you know, the, the, the thing that most people are afraid of, to be honest with you, is death. But for the follower of Jesus, death is just merely a milestone and a joyful pursuit of following our beautiful Savior. We get to step into eternity and be with him forever in that perfect relationship with him. So death isn't even something that we need to be fearful of. I don't need to be afraid of a bear because even if a bear mauls me and, and kills me, and yes, I know about the bear that mauled the lady in Lycoming County in, in Pennsylvania. I read that story this week and I cried a little, you know. I get it. But even if a bear kills me, it's just a milestone into my next step of following Jesus and being with him forever. So we can actually share that with people. We can share the light of Jesus with people and tell them that when we believe in Jesus, we have this security in him because he loves us and he cares for us and he wants us to be in relationship with him. The third characteristic of light is this. Light, light provides guidance when we don't know where to go. Light provides guidance when we don't know where to go. Pastor Mark, in week one of our series, pointed out that a point of light is a guide to those stranded in darkness, like a lighthouse guiding a ship to safety. Jesus promised he would lead us where, where he was going and then promised a counselor to help us along the way. Look what he said in John chapter 14. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way, I'm go you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Then Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, uh, comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is making very clear we are never alone. Jesus is always with us. He's always guiding us. He's always leading us because he himself is the way. 
So he is the light that's shining on the path that's leading to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He is the one who's leading us into peace. He's the one who's leading us into eternal life. He is the way. Then he is the truth. He's shining out these things in the world that's saying, don't do those things. Don't in, engage in those things. Rather, engage in these things so that you can find life. And then he says uh, that he is the life, that he is actually regenerating inside of us this incredible life that, that begins here but carries into the next life and so he could look at Thomas and say you know what it's actually uh, it's actually you do know the way it's me I am the way I am the truth and I am the life and so when we want to know where to go we just need to simply get behind Jesus and follow him and then he said that he would send us the Holy Spirit so when we believe in Jesus we receive the Holy Spirit, and Jesus said the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And, and I want you to just listen to this as I read this out loud. Here's what it says. This is the promise that Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, or Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So you see, Jesus promised to lead the way. Then he promised us a counselor, a guide, who would help us. Jesus essentially promised supernatural guidance for our natural problems. And do you know what he said the Holy Spirit? One of his primary roles is to lead us into the teaching of Jesus, to remind us of the truth. And what is the truth? Jesus is the truth. And the words that Jesus spoke are the truth. And so the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus. And then we let that light shine. And as we're reflecting that light, we're pointing to Jesus, who's pointing to his heavenly Father. So all of this connects together because we have the opportunity to shine that light to those around us. And we have supernatural guidance when, honestly, we don't know our next step. We're not exactly sure where to go. So in the Spirit, the Apostle Paul said, pray at all times in the Spirit. Why? Because in the Spirit, we, we can talk directly to God. We can speak directly to Him. We, we can receive from Him when we listen. And we have that supernatural guidance. And we follow Jesus in the way that He would have us go. So that's the third characteristic of light. And the final characteristic of light that we're going to look at today is this. Light is the key to life. Light is the key to life. Light has physical effects on our body. When light shines through our windows in the morning and it, it, and it hits us in our bedrooms, our circadian rhythm kicks in and it says, hey, it's time to get up. Right? Our, our brain actually sends hormones out to the rest of our body that's saying, time to get up, time to get up, time to get up. In fact, sometimes I feel like when that light comes through, I can hear my mom singing, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, rise. Right? And I, man, I'll be honest with you, it took everything in my life to love my mother in those moments. <clears throat> Thank the Lord that I still, my mom's a sweet, sweet lady. Some of you know her, but she, she's just a sweet, sweet lady. But when she would sing that song in the morning, I was like, Lord Jesus, give me strength. You know, um, but, but, but that's what happens that, you know, our, our bodies are waking up and, and they're, they're receiving, that's a fly, <laughs> um, almost went in my mouth. That was gross. Um, but anyway, so, so uh, the, the, our bodies are receiving these signals. It's time to get up. It's time to be alert. It's time to get up and do stuff. That's what light does to our body. And the, then, then darkness does the, the opposite. Darkness says, hey, it's, it, it's sending signals from our brain into our body saying, hey, it's time to rest. It's time to calm down. It's time to get ready to sleep. 
And, th- and that's why I think this time of year, everybody should be in bed by 6.30. I think that's a, a really great thing, especially for my kids. I think that's a great thing. But you see, physical light has physical effects. And in the same way that that has physical effects, spiritual light has spiritual effects in our body, or in, our, in our spirits. In fact, Jesus called it being born again. Here's what he told Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a teacher in the law, and he came to ask Jesus what was happening and how he could be a part of this thing called the kingdom of God. And here's what Jesus said to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So Jesus is clear, only those born of the flesh and of the Spirit are in the light. We are created to know God, but in order to know Him, we must Relate to him spiritually. And and the scripture makes very clear, in fact, the Apostle Paul teaches us this in the book of Romans, that in our natural state, our spirits are dead. We can't know God in our natural state until we experience the warmth of his love. And once, once we experience the warmth of his love, when that light shines into our life, then we can understand and and begin to know who he is because what's happening is as we believe in him, as we trust him, as we put our faith in him as our Lord and Savior, he ignites our spirits and our spirits come alive within us. The Holy Spirit actually does that. He regenerates our spirits inside so that we then can be in relationship with him. And so we can live with him both now and forever. And so today, I want to just take a moment for any of you in here today who for the very first time, you would like to experience these four things in your life. You'd like to experience God's love. You'd like to experience his his, um, security. You'd like to experience his supernatural guidance. And you'd like to experience life both now and forever. If that's you in here today, we're going to put a prayer up on the screen. And I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. But first, I'm going to read it because I want you to understand what you're saying. I want you to ponder. I want you to think about it, and I want you to look at it. Let's go ahead and put that that prayer up, please, guys. Thank you. So here's what that prayer says. It says, Dear Jesus, I admit I need you. In other words, we're, we're, we're admitting that we can't do this on our own, that we need help in this life. I need your light to shine in my life. I need your love. I need your, your guidance. I need your security. I need, I need your life. I believe you lived a life I couldn't live, died a death I should have died, and were raised back to life for me. I receive your free gift of grace and the forgiveness of my sins right now. I commit my life to you. You are now my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're in here today and for the first time you want to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to be born again, you want your spiritual life to be ignited today, you want to be in relationship with a heavenly Father whose perfect love for you is unconditional. If you want that today, then I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me. And I'm also going to ask all of you, if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, would you please say this prayer as well out loud so that those who want to say it won't be um, scared to do it. So let's say it together right now. Dear Jesus, I admit I need you. I need your light to shine in my life. I believe in you. I believe you lived a life I couldn't live, died a death I should have died, and were raised back to life for me. I receive your free gift of grace and the forgiveness of my sins right now. I commit my life to you. You are now my Lord and Savior. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So if you just prayed that prayer, I want to be the first one to welcome you into the family of God. Thank you so much for making that decision. Actually, angels are rejoicing in heaven because your spiritual life is now alive in Jesus. So we're so glad that you're part of that. Now, for those of you who just committed your lives to Jesus, or maybe you have for a long time, I want to speak very bluntly with you about an opportunity that we have coming up next weekend on Christmas, uh, as we have seven Christmas services here at New Life. I want to give you an opportunity to take these four things that we just shared and and use them as you engage people and, and maybe even invite them to a Christmas service next week. And I want to share with you some research that was just done recently, just concluded in the last month and was released. Um, and it's research that was based on people who don't go to church all over the United States. So it's not just like down in the south and, or up in the north. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all over the United States. And, and usually I wouldn't share statistics with you because I think they get lost too easily. But I think these are two statistics that we can kind of grab a hold of and use. Um, and the first one is this, that 35% of people who don't go to church, said they would attend church with somebody who asked them personally. 35%, over a third of people, said that they would come. Now, what that means is two people are going to tell you no, but one person will tell you yes. So we need to be bold as followers of Jesus in inviting people to come and engage in a church service because they'll come, they'll be with you. Now, don't come and let them sit in the other side of the room. No, no, no. Sit with them, be with them, engage with them when they're here. Okay, so 35% of people said they would do that. But here's probably, I think, the the more incredible thing. 47% of people said that they would engage with somebody in a very serious conversation on faith if that person were to talk to them about it. 47%. Almost half of people would engage in a serious conversation spiritual conversation, if we would be bold and, and step out and do that. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. A lot of us, we're afraid because we, we think that it depends on us. The reality is it doesn't depend on us. We're reflecting our Father's light. And now we have four things that we can share with people, four tangible benefits of following Jesus that we can connect people to. And we can say, listen, you need to know God loves you. He wants you to be in relationship with him. He wants you to be a part of his family. And so let the love of God warm somebody by blessing them, by being with them, by talking with them, engage them. That's the the first thing that we talked about. Then we can share about how God has provided protection in our lives, how he's provided security in our lives, how he's shown us ways that we shouldn't go. Maybe he pulled us back from things we were involved in so that we're eventually going to honestly take our lives. And he saved us from those things. We can share that. And then we can share about how God has guided us and directed us and and that that we don't have to rely on ourselves, but that we can pray and we can ask God to give us direction. And through Jesus, he does that. And then we can share about the eternal life that we have that begins now and carries into eternity. And we can share about that incredible benefit. And listen, as a follower of Jesus, I am so thankful that I have eternal life with my, my heavenly Father and my beautiful Savior. I'm so glad for that. And and, and you should be too if you're a follower of Jesus, but I want to be very, very risky for just a minute. And I want to just tell you, you shouldn't start there with an American. Okay? And the reason is because most Americans aren't thinking about the next life right now. Most people in America are thinking about, how am I going to make that next car payment? How am I going to talk to my son that I haven't spoken to in years? 
How do I tell my wife that I lost that job? You know, they're, they're dealing with these things that Jesus said, hey, listen, in this world, you're going to have problems. And we can step into that and say, yes, you will. But you have a God who has overcome that. Begin there with people. Share the love of God. Share the security that God provides. Share the guidance that God, God provides. And lead people down this path that shows them that the most incredible benefit is eternal life with him now and forever. So begin where people are and lead them, guide them, help them get to that place so that they can find the life that they've been longing for their whole life, so that they can find the peace that Jesus said that we receive. Jesus said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. As you make clear what God has done in your life, you'll point to Jesus who points to his heavenly Father. And we can do that by sharing these four things. And we can do that specifically by inviting somebody to a Christmas service next week. And as you do that, you'll be living out today's next step, which says this, I will be a light of hope and compassion for everyone I encounter this week. There's no better way to be a light of hope and compassion than to share with people about Jesus and to share what he's done for us. So let's go out of here and seek to live and shine our lights as we live merry and bright this season. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity we have to believe in him, to trust him, to receive him into our life, to have him as a, 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 a savior who loves us unconditionally who stirs our hearts to know him. Thank you, Father, that you are providing security through him, that there is nothing in this world that we need to be of which we need to be afraid because we have a Savior who's overcome everything, even death. Thank you that you provide supernatural guidance through your Holy Spirit, and you remind us of Jesus' teaching so that we can know the next steps that we need to take. And thank you for eternal life, Heavenly Father. Thank you that we get to be with you now and forever. And I pray, God, that your spirit would lead and guide and direct us as we go into the world, wherever we live, work, and play this week, to shine our lights. We just give you all the praise and glory right now. In Jesus' name, amen.